Welcome to the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we cover week seven and all the weirdness that it brought to us on this Sunday. We cover the biggest takeaways, our biggest winners and losers, and discuss what we think it means for the rest of the season. That's here next on the His and Hers podcast. Alrighty, Paige, what a day it was. Started off with some very weird outcomes. I know me personally, I had the Lions-Ravens game circled as one I wanted to to watch more so though than just have it on red zone. I wanted to actually watch that game. I thought it was going to be a battle of two really good teams. The battle was over very, very quickly. Uh, the Ravens jump out. 28 nothing in the first half, end up routing the Lions in um, pretty impressive fashion. And I know we can dive into that. But out of all the outcomes from today, what was the one that shocked you the most? Um, aside from that one, because, I mean, I kind of felt that one coming. I felt like the Lions were a little bit due for a loss. And the Ravens were due for a really great offensive performance. But I think the one that shocked me the most is going to be the Bills Pats. Um, After just weeks and weeks of deplorable offensive play from the New England Patriots. To see them play that way against the Bills and have them come out on top and have Mac Jones grittying. It's just an upsetting sight. I, I was not a fan of the situation. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be thinking about that one all week. I'm probably going to watch those highlights again and again, because I'm still sitting here uh, about what? Five hours after that game ended and still just still just confused by that outcome. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, in Bill Belichick, we trust, I guess we he was going to get his 300th win at some point, And uh, apparently he is not dead. Yeah, it was kind of uh really sad for me i was in a survivor league made it this far and the day the cutoff day is wednesday i decide i'm going to go with the seahawks text that in wednesday morning i stew it on all day more people i talk to the more people are like yeah no i went with the seahawks too the people that knew that were in the pool and you have until 6 p.m. on Wednesday to, to make any changes. And so I looked at it real quick and I said, you know what? The Bills had their scare last week. They, you know, played pretty bad. The, the, the Patriots, like you said, couldn't look any worse. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Bills. I feel good about that. You know, this, the Arizona Cardinals have been frisky. Maybe they could go up and beat the Seahawks. And I switched to the Bills and I am living in pain and regret. So. That one, not that I'm a Bills fan, but I feel terrible. I mean, Mac Jones, they hadn't scored a touchdown in all of October. This man goes 25 for 30, 272 yards, two touchdowns with no picks. I don't understand how it happened. I know that the Buffalo Bills defense is decimated with injuries. um, And so I know that plays a big factor into it. But they just look, as we mentioned, you know, they look like a team that they missed their window and it looks like Brian Dayball meant a lot to Josh Allen because he got off to a good start last year, 
But from the middle of last year to now, it's been really up and down and a lot of down moments for Josh Allen. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to make of that Bills team, and I certainly don't know what to make of the the Page team, but that was definitely the weirdest outcome um, of the first half. I would have to agree with you, or, or uh, from the from the first slate of games. Um, I will say the best game was the Browns and the Colts. Oh, what a game! But I, I four can't. four fourth quarter changes of the guard. Changes of the guard. Well said. That was, Thank you. Wow, you got you got to make it more momentous. You know, it was such an incredible game. You got to really. Yeah, they the changing of the guard in the year of the Barbie movie. We are just making statements. It's all about the statement. What you What do you think of the call, the pass interference call that gave the Browns the ball on the one yard line? As someone who had a bet in many different scenarios that the Browns were going to win that game, I was one hundred percent on board. Because oh yeah. I needed the Browns to win. So for me, yes. So I think the biggest takeaway from that game, Miles Garrett is uh on pace to be defensive player of the year. That man, uh, unbelievable. I unbelievable. Listen, this is the hurdling, the hurdle yeah. to block. I I I just I I can't believe that. That was amazing. Well, it's like Spider-Man. Is it hard to believe, like, it's hard for me to believe that we're the same species as that man. Honestly. Well, and I know that the NFL has a really stringent uh, drug policy, but how, I mean, how's that guy like a natural dude? You know what I mean? Just God loves others more that than guy, others. What, what is uh, Miles Garrett? I'm going to look up his height and weight real quick because I want All to. All I know is that God has favorites and Miles Garrett's one of them. <laughs> So this man, why in the world, when I typed in height and weight, did it come over in kilograms? I wanted to get more specific for you. That is, the man is 6'4", 272 pounds, which is 123 kilograms, in case you were wondering, or for any British listeners. But, and he has a six-pack. I mean, that is, he's like the Aaron Donald, but much, much more of a freak. A couple sacks. Block field goal. Uh, he had the sack that led to the fumble recovery on a touchdown, which ended up being pivotal. But the overall thing I got from this game is Deshaun Watson makes his return after two games. Um, doesn't look good. Throws an interception, and then the play gets hurt on. Would have been an interception if it was a you know not a defensive back trying to make the catch, and he leaves the game in the first quarter. I mean, this, and I know it's a shoulder thing, and I know Stefanski came to his defense, said, I took him out, I didn't want him, didn't want my franchise quarterback to get hurt, but how much are they regretting that contract right now and kind of the overall situation? Because it's been mostly low lights since he's been, you know, since he became a Brown and ever since he was off that suspension last year. Yeah, I mean, do you want me to talk about Deshaun Watson again? Sorry, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't listening to a couple of things you said because I was Googling if Miles Garrett was single or not. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, these tough financial times, you got to figure out any way to find a sugar daddy. And yes. his oppressive performance today, I'm sure 
that of all the women sliding into his DMs, I could be the top of the charts with my simple charm and wit. Um, just, just send him a clip of this podcast, uh, Google and I, and maybe that will, you know, maybe that will draw him over. There we go. That's it. That He'll become the... our number one promoter. He'll come on the podcast as wow. a guest. We'll fall in love. And then it's sponsored by the Browns. I have to meet Deshaun Watson. I slap him across the face. One, okay. for being a disgusting human being. And two, for being one of the most flippy, floppy quarterbacks in the league. Because you never know what you're going to get from him. He's getting more money than a lot of people in the league are. And yet, I just don't think there's anything to be excited about with him. I mean, it's interesting, wow. too, because with this team, mm-hmm. um, I think that a lot of the times it's like one of those things where they... It's hard, I feel like, to be the coach, obviously, of a team where you have a controversial quarterback, especially as you bring him into the organization. There's just a lot of controversy surrounding him shortly after you sign. So it's just like how as like as a team and as a coach, how do you build a team around a leader who might not necessarily have the respect of the locker room? And that's where I feel like the Browns have struggles because their defense is insane. Their offense has the weapons they need to be successful. And yet, even in their wins, it still feels like they might be missing something. And that just can't, you just can't go back to the Deshaun Watson piece and feel like if it's not a curse, it's like a little bit of bad luck follows you around with having him on the team. Yeah. Well, I think you said it really well. Um, and ultimately, they're tied to him. There's that, that contract is guaranteed fully. And there's no, there's not anyone that's going to trade for him. And so they really don't have any choice but to cater to him uh, in the in the current moment and, uh, you know, try and get him healthy so that they can go out and continue to compete. They're four and two. And out of all the teams, you know, we spent all of last week and, you know, on the preview, I glossed over how good that defense was, how well they've been playing. And uh, Garner Minshew said, you know what? I, I, I don't think they're that good. I mean, he, you know, had a couple of mistakes, but threw for 305 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Michael Pittman had one of his best games receiving. He had that, well, I mean, he had that long play 75-yard touchdown. Um, Josh Downs had five receptions for 125 yards. Jonathan Taylor got back into the groove of things with uh, 75 yards on the ground, another touchdown to, to add to it. So ultimately, we talked about that defense. We, we hyped them up. And uh, they go out, and the Colts put 456 yards on them. That was insane. Even with the game Miles Garrett had, that's what I felt like I kept being so confused by. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. Miles Garrett is having this game, and yet yeah. the Colts are still dominating on the offensive side of the ball. So it's just, it was the weirdest situation. Well, that's one, what that- one other thing. One other thing I'll say about Kevin Stefanski's decision is that, I mean, you think back a year ago when the Tua situation happened, when he got hit, take him to the sideline, they check him out, they say he's cleared to play, he comes back in, gets hit again, and it's just not a good look for the organization. And then everyone's questioning why. More concussion protocol gets put into place to protect the quarterbacks and any other members of the team. And so it's also like you look at Kevin Stefanski, if like your quarterback gets hit in a pretty gruesome way, you take him to the sideline, do you want to risk potentially having a Tua situation where he's out for a few weeks because of that. It's like, it's better to be safe than sorry in those situations half the time. And you look at that and it's like, even with their franchise quarterback sitting on the bench, like they're able to pull out a win. So obviously there's some team things working on the Browns defense and offense that can still prelim to victory. But I just feel like that's the one thing that just feels out of sync. That's a really good point. 
any other uh, what were some of the other things that caught your eye from this slate of games um well if the packers can't beat the denver broncos <laughs> who do we think they can beat i don't know but they're on a three game losing skid after starting 2 and 1 it's not looking good for green no. bay and no. because I say this this week, next week they're going to come out and they're going to win by 30, most likely. Well, you know but, who they play next week? No, who's on Who's on the Packers schedule? Oh, they, he doesn't, he doesn't no, even pull No, I do. No, oh. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm looking at you with intent. Oh, let's say he they play the 49ers. No, come on. Like, who would I know who oh, they play? The Vikings? Yes, in uh, Lambeau. In okay. Lambeau. Yes. Yes. Look at that. Yes. Look at yes. that. Yes. No, I think it's a really good point. I think the Broncos, um, there was nothing inspiring about that game. But if you're a Packers fan, you just got to be concerned of one of two things. Because at this point with the offense and how they're performing, because if this was, you know, a Monday to a Sunday, you're traveling, it's a short week, and that's how your offense started the game, it's one thing. This was their offense off of a bye. They had an entire extra week to look at this Broncos defense that has been shredded. Now, the Broncos have given up um, 16 points or 19 points to the Chiefs and 17 points to the Packers in back-to-back weeks. So, obviously, they're improving, uh, playing harder. But if you're the Packers and you had an entire week to throw in wrinkles, to get guys healthy, to to look at what Jordan Love had done well through the first five games, and you come out and lay out that type of performance, uh, well, I think I mean, they got shut out in the first half. I mean, it's yeah. it's concerning for either the coach or for the quarterback. One of them isn't working for you. Maybe it's both. Well, because, yeah, the Broncos obviously making progressions, but they've been allowing 440 yards per game mm-hmm. for the other team's offense, and the Packers couldn't even put – they put up 100 in the first half. Like Gross. it's just wild. It just it does not look good. The offense on the Green Bay Packers looks very, very questionable at this point. And so it just goes to show that like week one when they played the Bears and it just looked like they were cooking. It was just a really, really bad Bears team that they were playing at the time. So who do you think's improved more? Chicago Bears from week one or Denver Broncos? Um, I think the Bears have improved more. I think if you look at the last four games that they've played, um, I think they've split them because I believe they start on three. So they have a 28-7 lead on the Broncos, end up losing that one um, and probably going to kick themselves for that. Um, they then beat up on the Commanders. They play the Vikings really tough, and you know a couple things go a different way. They could have won that game, and then they lay, lay the beat down on the Raiders. And so – a horrendous start for them and for Justin Fields, but you can see the makings of that roster coming into form, particularly on the defensive side, because the last three, the last three games, the defense has played really, really well. The Broncos have looked like the same team every single week. Ugly. I mean, outside of the 70 points they gave up, um, they play okay defense. It's kind of an ugly game and the offense moves kind of from 30 to 30, but then sputters out because Russell Wilson can't, isn't making those tight window throws like he used to. So I think the Bears are a better team than the Broncos. 
even though the Broncos did beat them just a few weeks ago. And I think by the end of the year, you'll see that in the record. I'd have to agree, kind sir. So I'll pin two games against you. So two teams improved to four and two. The Seahawks at home beat up on the Cardinals 20 to 10. And the Steelers went to Los Angeles and beat the Rams 24-17. I never should have bet against Mike Tomlin, and I knew it, and I did it anyways. What's hilarious is I remember when um, my God, I was facing who the running back was, but when they when they scored a touchdown, it sounded like you were in Pittsburgh. It was unbelievable how loud that place was um, on a road team. So which one was more impressive, the Steelers and Seahawks getting a four and two, and who's a more legitimate four and two team? I'm torn on this one because for the Steelers, you look at that game. And the first half, you think this is not going well. They're going to get completely wrecked. By going into halftime, they had 91 yards and just three points on the board. Um, And then they come out of the locker room in the second half, a completely different team. And they scored touchdowns on three of of their first four drives. And so it's just interesting to see. I just feel like this Steelers team kind of gives you whiplash because they'll have moments of greatness and then moments of absolute horrible play and so it's just kind of all over the place I think the Seahawks to me feel a little bit more stable and steady and like you kind of get the same expected level of play for them obviously biggest concern for Seahawks is Geno Smith in the red zone right now um throwing interceptions and just not able to convert into into tutties um but yeah I think (laughs) tutties We love a slang, you know. It's giving tutty, as uh, Gen Z would say. I think. I think that's what. uh, I think that's what TikTok taught. Oh Um, no! (laughs) Just trying to keep up on the slang, you know. As I am getting closer, and every day I'm getting one day closer to thirty. Gotta (laughs) keep myself young. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. I think honestly, honestly, I think that I would put. At this point, I think I'm going to say I need to stop betting against Mike Tomlin. So I'm going to put my trust in the Steelers over the Seahawks. But yeah, I definitely think that the Steelers division is uh, certainly more winnable, particularly since they have the same record as the Ravens and uh, and have the win over the Ravens um, to kind of pair with it. I mean, not the same four and two, but same amount of losses, but they have the head to head tiebreaker as of this moment. Where the Seahawks, I, I really, you know, they are four and two. Their two losses could have very easily been wins. You look at the game last week against the Bengals and multiple opportunities in the red zone that they failed on, as well as week one against the Rams, just kind of losing all steam on offense in the second half. The thing that is concerning is Geno Smith hasn't looked quite as sharp throughout the whole entirety of a game. There were moments in today's game where he's making throws that were tight windows that were a lot of what we saw last year, but then there were kind of bad interceptions and bad decisions that he made as well. And so for the Seahawks to contend and and make a run at the Niners, you know, they're going to have to clean up a lot of the areas of their game right now. Um, And so I I do think that they can, I do think that they're a good football team. Um, And I do think that they can challenge the 49ers to a certain degree, particularly if the Niners are going to be, you know, battling injuries throughout the year um, like they have, you know, as we approach the end of week seven. A um, couple last games I want to ask you about. Um, the Chiefs Chargers. I mean, the other two, you had the 
Um, you had the Giants and Commanders and the Falcons beating the Bucks. Did you have any thoughts off of either one of those? No, I feel like the Falcons Bucks games was uh very similar to kind of what we had mentioned where we thought it was going to be a little bit low scoring. Um impressed that Atlanta came out with the win, wasn't expecting that. Um but not much Reader loves fumbling the ball on the he one does. yard line. He loves turning the ball over in general. It's his favorite thing. It's a favorite thing. One of his loves it. One of his favorite pastimes. What was the other Oh, Chargers Chiefs. No, um, the Commanders Giants real quick. Any thoughts off of that one? Oh, Commanders Giants. I mean, way to go Giants for finally looking like you know something about offense. I mean, what was it? 4 games before that that they hadn't scored an offensive touchdown. So, um I like how you say that and they put up 14 points. No. And like that was they didn't score in the second half. You, they found something on offense. That's how sad it's been. <laughs> well, it was their first touchdown how... at home. <laughs> It was their first touchdown in October. Yeah. Their uh, first touchdown at home. We're you know, October 22nd, and it was their first time scoring a touchdown in front of their home team, home crowd. It's just one of those sad things, too, because the commanders, they looked good. Like, there was hype at them beginning of the season, right? Starting out 3-0 and because they were like, oh, it's like the commanders. Turns out that their schedule is just easy, and the moment they had to play any sort of competition, it's gone downhill from there. Um but yeah, I don't know. Commanders are still interesting to me because like they have they have opportunity. They have every opportunity, I feel like, in games to kind of. They've had several to come out on top and win. And they Sam Howell and that offense has not been able to capitalize and like steal those. The big moments have not swung their way. And so oh. I don't know. Losing to the Giants just feels kind of embarrassing. Also, Absolutely. wasn't that so weird about Saquon Barkley's arm? Yeah. They're all like, his arm is dangling. It's dangling, like, disgustingly. Like, you all think that something horrible, and then he's just playing the rest of the game. And I'm like, okay, so his arm apparently wasn't dangling. So I want you to But also, dick. isn't an arm always dangling? When you think about it. True. Couldn't, couldn't have ever said it better. <laughs> so I want to read off the next few games for the Chargers, and I want you to predict their record. So I'm, gonna just gonna, I'm just going to do four. So they're Okay, but at- first. Uh, is this with Brandon Staley being the head coach for all upcoming games? Um, yeah, we'll just assume. Okay. Assume okay. that. So, uh, so I'm just going to do four games. They are two and four at the moment. They play at home against the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Thank goodness we're in Disneyland for that because who cares to watch that game? Uh, the Then hey, they go. The Bears are looking a little frisky. Then they go to New York and play the Jets. They then are hosting the Lions and then go to Green Bay to play the Packers. Certainly a lot softer, although the Jets defense has, you know, made it very tough. The Bears have played better. Um, but out of those four, what do they get their record back to? Three, two, three games out of their next four against uh, the NFC North. Look at that. Look at that. Um, I would say for sure I could see them beating the Packers. I think all three of those other teams have an opportunity to beat the Chargers. Yeah, an opportunity for sure. I mean, I think at worst, they go two and two, honestly. The Bears and the Packers, I don't see any way. I mean, Tyler Bagnett is going to be going on the road in an in a, in a NFL football game on prime. Yeah, football. well, you know what? Maybe we got another Brock Purdy situation. No, we don't. So don't count Tyler out, okay? We don't. So two and two. So the And also it's Badgett, okay? He had 65, 65 family members and friends in the crowd today. I know. They, kept, it, they kept hitting the 65. Like, it was well, like, I think. Apparently, maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's a really outrageous number that most people don't have. 
Now, do remember, you even have 65 friends or family that you could invite? Wow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I Well, here's the deal. If you are starting an NFL football game, there's a lot of people that come out of the woodworks to be your friends and family. True. True. Okay? We, all, life, we all buddies. Yeah. Life changes real quick once you make it to the top like that. Yeah. So That's I, how I, I felt. I want a 13 and four. Oh, when you got your uh, box. Yeah, I got my box. No, because I ran a marathon. Now everyone wants to be my friend. Oh, <laughs> we no. were part of that 1% group. You know what I'm are, saying? Are you sure it's not because you have that Delta uh, access to that Delta box? Yeah, that's the funny thing is that at my job, um, I think everybody wants to be my friend because I'm cool. But really, everybody wants to be my friend because they want to take advantage of me. Paige, you look beautiful today. I live in, Um, I let myself live in delusion and I believe, and I let myself believe that everybody thinks I'm cool and funny and laughs at my jokes because I'm hilarious and not because I can give them tickets to concerts and events if they're uh on my good side. Paige, it's a great joke, you know. Oh, Paige, I love your podcast. It's amazing. You want to know what, you know, what joke really hits is when Goofy says something at Disney on Ice so my kids can laugh. (laughs) That's coming back in town, isn't it? It is. I have November. six. I have November, six family members. November eighth through eleventh, uh, uh, nine through twelfth. But it's okay. Just oh. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Oh, I was like, "Hot dog, you looking?" So I predicted, uh, famously predicted, that the Chargers are going to go thirteen and four this year. They're sitting at two and four, but I do think that they're going to go <laughs> three and one through this next stretch. Get back to find five and make the make the push at the end of the year. You um, gotta stop believing in Brandon Staley. So that's what I think. We'll see if it comes. You're just gonna to ignore that. You're just gonna yeah. ignore that Brandon Staley is still the head coach and that I'm they're just, not gonna win. I'm just riding on it. This is the thing: the Chargers play at the level of whatever team they're playing against, and that's gonna come to bite them in the ass. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Um, I mean, but there's not much to be said about the Chiefs other than their Taylor Swift effect isn't gonna be. Going to be around um, because she's going to start her Argentinian tour and worldwide tour. So we and the finally, NFL cried. And we can stop talking about it. Um, All but of a sudden, the, G- the NFL is going to announce that we're going to Argentina for Thursday night football. International game. We're changing it. We're no longer going to Germany. We are we're, headed to Argentina. I don't even know a city in Argentina, unfortunately. Um, Buenos Aires. There we go. Uh but the Chiefs look like the Chiefs. Patrick Holmes is still the greatest quarterback in the league. I, I can't tell you, for a guy that's not known to run, the amount of third and 15s he get on his feet alone is it's one of the most frustrating things about defending him because you're so worried about him making the big throw, Travis Kelsey you know, making the big play, and then he just kind of skittle-scattles for 15 yards and sticks the football out. And yeah. it's just like, it's frustrating if you're, I mean, the first time skittle scattles or scurrying or whatever word you want to use, but um, last game Sunday night football game, the Eagles uh, hold the Miami offense just to ten points. Uh, they had a defensive touchdown to get them to seventeen, but they hold true at home, thirty-one seventeen. Jalen Hurts looked really sharp. Um, AJ Brown. Five straight games with 125-plus yards. Ties a record set by Calvin Johnson. Um, What do you make of that game? Are the Dolphins just a team that's going to beat up on bad teams? Because if you look at the combined records of all the teams that they beat, 
Uh, not very good. What do you make of either team, good or bad? Yeah, I just feel like I'm like watching this Sunday night football game. I had to come to terms with the fact that the team that I really, 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 really want to be a Super Bowl contender and be really good is just pretty subpar with some strokes of genius. And so it's like the Dolphins, every time they come up against a team that matters, they just underperform. The offense never gets going. It's just alarming how quick that offense can get hot and get shut down immediately. It's like if they play any sort of defense who has any sort of schema, they don't know what to do with themselves. And I just, I mean, I'm pretty open about my dislike for the Eagles and I try to not be biased in that, but I just want the Eagles to suck so bad. I just want them to be bad and to lose games. <laughs> and I only get that every once in a while. And so. I just need to stop. I need to stop voting against them. Every time I vote against them, they win. Every time I vote the, for them, they lose. So I need to just start voting for them at all times. Yeah, the combined record of their five wins, eight and twenty-five, are the fourteen or the yeah the five wins that they have. Zero and six Panthers, two and four Char Chargers, two and five Broncos. Uh, two and five Giants and two and five Patriots. Those are their wins um, this season. So, yeah, not not looking like they are much of a much of a powerhouse, but obviously they have lots of chances to prove it this year. The Eagles pick up a big win after the the letdown because, as we have mentioned, the gauntlet that they're about to face uh, it's starting to look a little less daunting because the Bills don't seem to be very good, but. They face the Commanders at home or in Washington next week. Uh, then they play the boys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, boys again, and then in Seattle. So to get this win was a big one against a supposedly really good team uh, and hopefully carries in the momentum for them or hopefully not in some cases. But any last thought on NFL Week 7, Paige? No, but you're forgetting about the other major sporting event happening right now. What? MLB playoffs. Oh, quick update for our baseball fans, Rangers, <laughs> Astros. That's, that's where everyone's coming. Series tied three, three. Yeah. Hey, Jose Altuve is one of the greatest players of all time. He had a two, he had a hit three run home home run at uh, the top of the ninth down two. unbelievable. Yeah. And Bryce Harper had a mammoth home run that made the Phillies win game five. Baseball analysis is just unbelievable. Yeah. Is, I, I've watched, I've watched like, 30 minutes of baseball in the past 10 days. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, by the way, uh, Astros lead the series 3-2. It's not 3-3. Three, three. Uh, just to throw it No, it's 3-3. Three, three. No, it's 3-3 it's, uh, it's three, three, because the game happened today. Yeah. <laughs> I know my baseball. Wow. Wait, so. Oh, Mr. Know-it-all is coming at me. That's my. That was a bad look. That was bad look, especially because the Rangers came out on top nine two. Has a home team hasn't won a game yet? Am I reading this right? At Astros, at Astros. Yeah, the home team hasn't won a game in this series. Fans are cursed. That's crazy. True. How often do you see that? I don't know. Alrighty. Well, thank we'll you. Have to get our stats guy on that one. We'll come back to it next week. How often does that happen? How often does that happen? 
Thank you for tuning in to the Visitors Podcast. I'm Zekman alongside my sister Paige. Thank you for tuning in about week seven and then our MLB thoughts as detailed as they were. On Friday, we'll be releasing our preview pod for week eight. Across the thing is that the Vikings get the win tomorrow. And if it's an epic game and if we win, only if we win, we may have to do a reaction podcast. Thank you so much. Bad chance. That's all your friends and family.